Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Bruce, what's going on, man? How are you? I will be great. Thanks to our friends at prime. Of course, uh, each and every one of our days alongside Bruce Pritchard brought to you by prime. My goodness, Bruce, is it your favorite drink of all time? I mean, once upon a time, you used to like a different drink that was hard to find and we give it a shout out here on the show. But now your new favorite drink and you're keeping in, in regular stock, right? Oh, you better believe it. And like my favorite flavor is orange mango, which was the same thing on the other one. And it's prime. And since I don't talk about, you know, current things, it's as current as I can get with my good, close, dear personal friend, Logan Paul, who, um, keeps me informed with all of the newest, latest prime news, new flavors. New things coming up, new distribution. But regardless, I will tell you this. This little can will do wonders for you. Don't drink it too fast now. Sip it. Enjoy it. It's Chavo Guerrero, senior, classic. Chavo classic. Told me one time. Moderation. Um... Why should we be careful with how fast we drink it? What's going on there? Well, no, it's a uh, it's an energy drink, and I just um, like to slow it down. I like it to last because it's just that damn good. Well, I'll tell you what else is that damn good is old episodes of the WWF. And, boy, we're going to have fun with that. We're going to be watching an old episode of Saturday Night's Main Event right around the same time as Halloween. Of course, as you're listening to this, Halloween is right around the corner. Bruce, it feels like forever since you and I Halloween shirt. Is that a Halloween shirt? It's a Halloween shirt. That's orange. It's black. You know, and I got it kind of around this time Mm. of the year, maybe a little bit earlier. About five years ago, maybe. You know what? That time frame sounds precisely correct. That's great, man. I got it, you know, down south. Hmm. In Abilama. Yes. Huntsville, Abilama. Oh, we love it there. Yeah, because I like it, no like shirts to wear. And so I went out to a store and uh, I got me a bunch of shirts. This was one of them. This is one of my cherished, cherished ones. This, you know, like got the nice little. I'll be honest, I'm surprised you're wearing it. Why? I didn't think uh, people in wrestling were allowed to wear the color orange without getting a cease and desist, brother. What, from uh, the Midget Guild or what? Wow. That. Uh, now, wow. I just saw Hornswoggle. 
My goodness. Who gave him a shit about, you know, and, and here's here's the thing. Hornswoggle really gets upset when people that are are not, um, I guess that some people think there's – Dylan will tell you. Hornswoggle will tell you because I'm a midget. Oh, he wow. Hates, okay. He hates the term uh, midget. Uh, he, he doesn't hate the term midget. He hates the term little people. You should start over. Why don't you just start at the beginning? This is not making much sense right now. Okay. Saw Hornswoggle. Okay. Hornswoggle is a midget. All right. That sounds offensive. Some people feel that that is a derogatory term. I've heard that. Yeah. He, Dylan Hornswoggle, feels that that is exactly what he is, and he hates the term little people. Okay. So he would like to be referred to as a midget. And that's what I do because that's what he is. And I got to see him this past week. And it was absolutely great. Where did you see him? Little people are us. Yeah. Otherwise known as Milwaukee. Down at the, uh, okay. Now that makes more sense. Uh, I was going to say, maybe you had some sort of elaborate Halloween plans. Uh, do you have any (laughs) Halloween plans? Yes. What are you doing this Halloween? Turn all the lights off in the house and get in a room that has no glow on the windows so no one can see that we're home. What's your, um, what are some of your favorite scary movies? Oh, God, there's actually, they're right. There's only very few. Okay. The absolute scariest movie I've ever seen is The Exorcist. And The Exorcist, re- now, there's two. Then there's The Exorcist Remastered. I think The Exorcist Remastered is scarier than the original. Just because it adds in some kind of cool effects and different things. Uh, absolutely, to this day, the scariest movie I've ever seen. Number two would be Halloween. Michael Myers. Is that is that the best... Um theme song oh yeah in in horror movie history absolutely uh, I yeah. did anybody in wrestling use this i'm sure it was popular in the territories probably was somewhere it feels like yeah. somebody should use this on tv yeah and then the last last but not least uh it is uh probably one of the scariest movies of all time still holds up to this day it's like the original Psycho. Wow. Okay. Anthony Perkins. Where are you at on Pet Cemetery? Pet Cemetery was okay. The original with Herman Munster. That was that was okay. But it was more um I don't know. Um I, I just, I, I love my pets and I really wish that, you know, I didn't ever have to lose them because it's, you got to go through oh, a lot of so and that's the real like that if you do. That's, so, that's the real nightmare right there. Well, it is. I wish, you know, that there was just something that you could do, you know, like pet insurance. You know, they have a pet cemetery. You should have pet insurance. Do you? disagree with that. No, I totally agree. This podcast is brought to you by embrace pet insurance. It's time to upgrade your pet insurance game. Whether you have a dog or a cat embrace pet insurance offers customized plans 
for your pet's exact needs. Did you know that veterinarian care prices have increased by a third from last year to this year? That's right. They're up 33% from 2022 to 2023. And that's just insane. But with Embrace Pet Insurance, you can visit any vet or emergency clinic. And if you have multiple pets, you might even be eligible for a 10% multi-pet discount. By the way, they've also got a 24-7 helpline here at Embrace Pet Insurance and even an optional wellness rewards program to ensure that you prioritize what we would call preventative care for your pet. Hopefully, we never even have to use Embrace in the first place. Well, brother, if you have a pet that you love more than anything in the whole wide world, then Pet Embrace is exactly what you need. It's like if you want it, you know, if you're listening to me right now and you're digging it, we ain't got to dig it with Embrace Pet Insurance. If you understand, you get what I mean, because there's nothing more that I love than my pet. Uh-huh. I embrace my pet. Therefore, that's why embrace pet insurance makes so much sense. Brother, brother, dig it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, legit. Don't wait for the unexpected to happen. Uh-huh. You join the massive community of pet owners who trust embrace pet insurance to protect their pet like me. Yeah. You got a way to save something, huh? Head to embracepetinsurance.com slash wrestle and sign up for pet insurance today. Make sure you go to embracepetinsurance.com slash wrestle or else they won't know that I sent you. That's embracepetinsurance.com slash wrestle. And boy, do we have a fun show today. We're going to be, uh, celebrating one of those really fun episodes of, uh, the Halloween version of Saturday night's main event. I guess this is what we're going to watch today is actually the third edition of Saturday night's main event of the WWF on NBC. Some of the biggest stars at the time are on this show. Of course, Hulk Hogan, Andre, the giant junkyard dog, Terry Funk, captain Lou Albano, so many other greats. The show was actually recorded on Halloween, 1985. So this predates Bruce's uh, joining the company. Uh, it's going to air a couple of days later on November 2nd, 1985. So a pretty quick turnaround and Bruce in this era, you're still working with Paul Bosch. And I'm curious, you know, from the outside looking in, how did the wrestling community at large view Saturday night's main event? Did, was that opportunity? Did everybody really understand what that was? I mean, that's a big damn deal to have your, your program on NBC like this. You know, well, yes. Okay. But I'm going to be asked how we felt at the time and from a position of a regional territory that now you're looking at guys on a national level on broadcast network television. And they're dressed in Halloween costumes. Yes. Bobbing for apples and chocolate. They're all standing together watching a pie eating contest. Good guys and bad guys. So, yeah, the the whole gambit. It's just it's just wrong. It was just it was all wrong. And um, I think from that vantage point in particular, if you were to say, what really bothered you the most? That was it. 
And we looked at it as the WWE taking a shot at traditional wrestling, what what had always been. Vince was changing the business. Vince was bringing the business into a completely different stratosphere, different area, different approach, different technique. Everything about it was different. So most people don't like different. I don't like change. I like it a little more now than I used to, but especially then it was like, no, man, you're making fun of what we do. So that was the feeling more than anything. Uh, and I think that people w- were looking at the Roddy Pipers of the world and Paul Orndorff's and Bobby Heenan's and say, Iron Sheik, and you're making a mockery out of the business. What they really were doing was using that time to expose the business to an audience that had not been exposed to it in a very long time on network television and to actually feed into those that saw the business that way. Oh, the business is a joke. The business is this, it's that. It's like, okay, you want, you want a joke? You want funny? You want ha-ha? We'll give that to you. But when the bell rings, we're going to go give you action. I just, there was a balance there that those of us on the more traditional side didn't see, appreciate, and or want. So the balance of having the Sheik and whatever he was in, was he Superman or whatever? Yeah, Batman. Yeah, Batman or whatever. And, um, you know, Bobby Heenan and the coonskin cap. Uh, it's, It's like... Ah, we we didn't like it. When you go back and you look at it, it's highly entertaining. If you could just, there's another thing I've learned, man, where it's, I'll hear things about stuff and I'll just go, you know what? I've got a few hours. Entertain me. Entertain me good, bad, or indifferent. I may love something and be entertained by it. I may hate it, but I'll be entertained by it. I will find a way to find some entertainment out of it. And I think that that's what Saturday Night Live in that time slot at that time frame was designed to do. It was designed to expose the product to people who didn't just want to see wrestling matches. Man, they wanted to see skits. They wanted, we were replacing Saturday Night Live. That was a comedy sketch show. So game comedy sketches. Well, we're going to have fun with this. We want you to fire up your peacock. Uh, you want to pull up and look at, uh, Saturday night's main event season one, episode three, Bruce, put that thing away. Season one, episode three of Saturday night's main event. This is about as mainstream as it gets. We're not too terribly removed from the very first WrestleMania. We're on broadcast network television and, uh, man, it just feels like there is no end in sight for the success that the WWF is enjoying. And, uh, here we go. A little Halloween themed Saturday night's main event taped on October 31st, 1985. And we'll get going here in three, two, one play. 
Bobby Heenan, Bobby Heenan, what in the world are you doing? What am I doing? I'm practicing for the pumpkin dunk contest. What is that? Is that uh, Davy Crockett or is that uh, early weasel skin? Weasel skin? That hat. This happens to be raccoon, the finest raccoon. With or without this hat, I'm still the best. Well, I'll tell you what, you're going to have to be at your best in your men. King Kong Bundy and... Very good. And Big you, John Studd are going to have to be at their best when they meet Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant in that all-time dream tag team. Well, I'm going to explain something. Cover it. You and your small yes, sir. How many times have you... Here's Hulk Hogan and here's Andre Dunk the Giant. Pumpkins and chocolate? Never in my yeah, life. You can just forget about How many times have you wanted to? Says, Never in my life. Oh, my God. Since that opening scene. You've wanted to do that? Oh, my God. Of a barrel full of chocolate with pumpkins or apples in it? Oh, I have dreamed of doing that, and I'm going to do it come hell or high water. On Halloween this Tuesday. Yeah. You know, Roddy, you've done it this time. You've done it this time. You've got Elmer and the hillbillies really steamed. And I mean steamed by the way you interrupted their wedding last time. Now, me, I called it like it is. I said you were a hero for trying to stop that. Yeah, I love the two birds. When she took the veil off of her... Look like two carps kissing in the midst of the <laughs> I love that. But tell you see, you see two carps kissing in the Mississippi. Dude, that's really something that I think that Jesse said. But I mean, Jesse gets credit for when it was Roddy who said it because it was Uncle Elmer, and it looked like they were. Well, you know what I mean. I must say that Roddy Roddy Piper is just too much. But with me at this time. I have two you know, it can be anywhere to Saturday any night's main event. It really can. Before I get interrupt your tobacco Magic. chewing Terry Funk. I'd like to talk to you and, of course, your manager, Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, gentlemen. Tonight's going to be a showcase match for you with Junkyard Dog. It hey, could gee. lead to a title shot. Your mother's Terry Funk. It's just a matter of time until that heavyweight belt is around my waist. But that can wait. Tonight I'm here to house train the Junkyard Dog. <laughs> All right, Jimmy Hart. Your critics say that there's no place in professional wrestling for this man's branding iron. <laughs> hey, man, I don't have to answer him, but Terry will. I think he's got some able to right. say. <laughs> oh, what a great opening oh, shot. You. you do it, Terry. Ah. All right, so there's the big open. We love the old school entrance and the music for Saturday night's main event. Uh, what'd you think of that open right there, dude? I was great open who is not going to spend the next hour and a half of their life watching this. Well, it's, apparently it's it got everything. It, it had everything in it. Again, I still go back to chocolate with a bunch of pumpkins in it. And yeah. instead of bobbing for apples, you're bobbing for pumpkins. It's Halloween. I don't know if that sounds as good as you think it does. Just Why? Saying. Just saying Hershey, Pennsylvania, as we get a wider shot here and there, you see uh, Vince McMahon going to be hosting the festivities and how about that big Hulk head in the crowd? That's crazy. Oh, I thought that was actually him. He got a big head. He got like one of them giant melons. It's kind of like one of, one of them bison head fillers. Wow. Bison head. Yeah. Is that a Mr. Fuji? I thought it was Charlie Chaplin. Well, it may have been. Oh, that's a great hot rod. Oh man. Remember the cone heads? How fun was that? That's I a, think those were just two bald people in, uh, wherever the hell with pointy heads. I think they still live there. How would you describe Jesse's, uh, hat here? That's what you call flamboyant. That's, that's, that's peacock. 
flamboyancy right there. That's you know, it's got the peacock feathers, got the peacock butt kind of out resting upon his head. Even got peacock uh, eye coverings. What do you think the you ceiling? You got a peacock thing and you got a peacock in your house? I don't. Wow, how do you anyway? What what do you think about um Oh wow, we got a little clip here. Look and my goodness, what a famous clip this is too. That's Mel Phillips. He's beating the shit out of there. Is it not? So he should. He touches, he touched his chaps. Let's track it my here. God. And oh my goodness. It's just, Gentlemen, I need an explanation. How can you justify such dastard Because your mother's a whore. That was special effects trying to make me and Terry look bad. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. You know Terry, it. Terry Funk, Terry Funk, your thoughts. Television tricks or not, that's nothing compared to what we're going to do to that piece of dog meat, the junkyard dog. Come on, Jimmy. We got some Brandon. So what do you think of Terry Funk in the WWF? I mean, you've said earlier, you know, many times on this podcast that he and his brother, Dory, are your two favorite wrestlers of all time. And they're pretty old school, pretty traditional. And you see them being a part of this program, uh, which you have acknowledged maybe from the outside looking in people could be critical of, but now, you know, to your favorites are there. How do you reconcile that? It's great. First of all, I think that if you were to go back and, and th- this is the other thing that, that always baffles the mind. Yes. Dorian Terry Funk are the reason I got into the wrestling business in the beginning. Okay. It was the first thing I remember was seeing them and they were my heroes. And until the day that he passed, Terry Funk was still my hero. Um, the fundamentalists, when you go back and you look at the NWA, when Terry Funk was NWA world heavyweight champion, the fundamentalists, the old farts that sat in their office smoking cigars and going, oh, this is wrestling. They didn't want Terry Funk as NWA champion. Right. Because they thought he was too crazy. They thought Terry was unreliable. They thought Terry did too much off-the-wall stuff. Terry was doing this stuff long before there was a WWE that emphasized it so Terry wasn't doing one thing different here than he had already done elsewhere and probably toned down in the WWE compared to what he did elsewhere. Right. So, you know, that, that argument doesn't hold up at all. It's like he was, he was Terry Funk and he was on a bigger stage and able to perform his wares for many more people than he had in the past. We know we've all heard it. We're watching right now. Junkyard dog wrestle Terry Funk, uh, two huge territory stars. We know Terry Funk's been the NWA world champion at this point. JYD, I mean, really was responsible for a lot of Watt's success in his territory. And we've heard of those stories from Jim Ross, but as a fellow Texan, somebody who was in that area and you're seeing some of the things that JYD was doing in and around Texas, what can you speak to that? Just his level of celebrity for the Watts territory? Nah, no, it just wasn't the Watts territory. It was JYD was different. JYD was unique. 
had charisma. You know, you can't teach charisma. And the dog had charisma walking out of the locker room and would own that audience as soon as he burst through those doors. We used to run Port Arthur, Texas, Beaumont, Texas, that were right on, it was in the Golden Triangle area of Texas. It was right on the Louisiana border. I-10 goes right out of Texas, right out of Beaumont, right into Lake Charles, Louisiana. Lake Charles, Louisiana got Bill Watts TV, but Beaumont, Port Arthur, they also got Bill Watts TV. It's Both of them got both shows. They got Houston Wrestling, and they got uh, Mid-South Wrestling. We would go to Beaumont, and all I would hear from people is, when y'all gonna bring that junkyard dog down here? I didn't know who the fuck the junkyard dog was. Because, again, we didn't get their TV. It wasn't, you know, when there wasn't cable. There wasn't that kind of access. And when, not just one, not just two, not just three, but when just hundreds of people, every time you run a market, are asking you about one guy, you yeah. got to find out who the hell this guy is. That's right. And it was Junkyard Dog, and he just captivated audiences. He had the body of a Greek god, uh, charisma out the ass. You know, you, you want to talk about great workers um, or great – no, hang on. Before we do that, talk about great wrestlers. Junkyard Dog was not a great wrestler by any stretch of the imagination. There's not a human alive that would say, oh, JYD was the best wrestler. Drizzling shits. Best worker, JYD couldn't be touched. Wow. He knew what to do and when. And that's where people, you know, you're experts of the world and your 32-star matches and all that bullshit means absolutely less than nothing. It's the worker. And like, yeah, I've told the story many times, Hulk Hogan saying, who's the best worker in the business? Guy who makes well, the most money. It was Vince. Yeah. Guy makes the most money and looked at me and said, me, I'm second best, mm. but the guys that made the most money, the guys that could draw the audience in, it's like, you know, I look back and, uh, we, we dramatize our early years in life. We, you remember what you want to remember and how great those things were. Mm -hmm. And you watch them now and you, Oh my God, that was boring. That was horrible. But for the time, it was innovative. It was new. It was different. You know, you didn't have to do 18 super kicks and jump up from them and no sell them to get a reaction from the audience. A body slam was a finish. Now, I know people, oh, yeah, boy, that was exciting as hell. No, it was exciting because the workers knew how to work to it to make it exciting. And to make you care about that one body slam. And that was the difference between, you know, work. Terry Funk was a great worker in the ring, wrestler in the ring, worker in the ring. But Terry knew how to draw money. And if you did, you could, you could be the greatest shooter. You know, name me a shooter that drew a lot of money for a long period of time. That list is short. Yeah. Very short. So 
when you talk about a guy like Junkyard Dog and you talk about a guy like Terry Funk, they were workers, man. They were over their top. Their gimmicks were over their top. And given the platform of WWE, where that audience was looking for more entertainment, all that, all that much better. Because, you know, to see Jimmy Hart get his pants taken off by the Junkyard Dog, that's what they wanted to see. They wanted to see Jimmy humiliated. They wanted to see Jimmy get his in the end, by God. And for Terry Funk to take that branding iron and, by God, do what he does and all that, and their hero junkyard dog to stop it, not allow it. Ain't going to happen. No, no, uh-uh, not today. I'm a junkyard dog. I need a bone to chew on, dog. I need a big Texas beefy bone from the Double Cross Ranch. Ah, but I got me a little Jimmy Hart here. And what color underwear would you wear? If you were going to get branded with the double cross from the double cross ranch, by God, people are just going to, they're going to die. They're going to eat that up. See Jimmy Hart get his little red panties. There it is. Branded. Branded in white. And there was one thing that Jimmy Hart used to do that I learned. Um, And Jimmy is the one, Jimmy's the one who smartened me up to it. It told me to do it, and I thought it was the stupidest thing I'd ever heard in my life because it made no sense. But at the same time, is Jimmy is getting his ass branded <laughs> with the old double cross brand, which was white for some reason, but it's beautiful anyway. Is Jimmy when Jimmy would get deep pants or Jimmy would get uh his tuxedo ripped off or anything, the first thing Jimmy would do is cross his arms as if to hide his hide his breasts. Oh, wow. Then he would drop them and he would reach down like he's hiding his crotch. And then he would keep one hand on his crotch, put the other one on his behind, and then go back to his chest and just keep trying to hide himself so that no one could actually see him. That is the art of a great worker. Let's pause right now because this is a legendary moment that we've got coming up. And, uh, you got to assume before we get to this legendary pie eating competition, I like pie that when these guys were sitting around coming up with ideas for this show, maybe they were consuming a few cocktails. I'm just going to suggest that maybe that's what was happening. And I'm going to suggest if you're listening to me and you're planning on having a few cocktails on Halloween, I want you to start with Z biotics. If you hate the, the feeling of being miserable the day after the drinks, well, welcome to the club, but man, we got a life hack for you here today. Zbiotics is here to help. Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotics is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. And here's how it works. When you drink alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration. That's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. And it's designed to work like your liver, but in your gut where you need it most. So drink Zbiotics before drinking, drink responsibly and enjoy the night with confidence. I mean, let's face it. 
Well, a lot of us have had to make this decision. Do I want to have fun tonight or be productive tomorrow? Zbiotics bridges the gap and makes it possible for you to be that responsible adult tomorrow, but have a little fun tonight. And I got to admit, when I first heard about this, I was a little skeptical. I put it to the test several years ago at podcast movement with Eric Bischoff. Now I am a hundred percent convinced that actually works. We closed the bars down that night. We were up bright eyed and bushy tailed on stage the next morning. Like nothing happened. Zbiotics saved the day for us. You will absolutely love this. Savor the moment and let Zbiotics do the rest. Go right now to zbiotics.com slash STWW to get 15% off your first order. When you use our code STWW at checkout, Zbiotics is backed with a hundred percent money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember head to zbiotics.com slash STWW and use the code STWW at checkout for 15% off. And we thank you, Zbiotics, yeah. for sponsoring today's episode. And just like last night, you know, wife and I went out, had some uh, din-din. I knew I wanted to have a couple of cold adult beverages. I took my Zbiotics first. I had a few adult beverages. And I'm up bushy-eyed, tailed. What's that thing? All that shit. You're I'm all that. feeling good. And, uh, you know, I'm feeling better because the... Believe it or not, folks, I'm getting up there at age. So it helps me. It'll help you. And look, it's just going to make you feel a little bit better the next day. Try it out. Zbiotics.com slash STWW. Be sure to use our promo code STWW. So let's get only it came with pie. Well, I'm excited about the pie. We've we're as we're zooming out here, it looks like we've got captain Lou in a Julius Caesar type outfit. We've got, I don't know, an Abe Lincoln. Well, I, I would say Hogan's Julius, isn't he? Yeah. So we've we got Romans. We got Romans on the left. We got Batman. Well, Abe Lincoln. Yeah, if you really want to call it, it's an interesting look. Let's track it and let's do a countdown here in three, two, one, play. For a gigantic pie eating contest. Before we lay down the ground rules, I'd like to make some introductions. To my left, Macho Man Randy Savage and the lovely Elizabeth Tarzan and Jane, respectively. Yeah. Uh-huh. I believe, dressed as King Kong Bundy, Abe Lincoln, and the Iron Sheik. I recognized you as Batman of all people. And to that my right, as Zorro. He is Intercontinental Champion Terry Santana and Hercules, heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan. Oh, so Three Musketeers, are you ready for this? Uncle Elmer, Cousin Junior, and Hillbilly Jim, and Captain Lou Albano, dressed as perhaps one of your Roman forebears. Yeah, yeah, Julius Caesar's for my great ancestors, Lanato Busquit Caesar. I'm All right, now, gentlemen, it's down to King Kong. Did he say Busquit I've got the stopwatch. Whoever eats the most pies within 90 seconds will win the pie-eating contest. Gentlemen, are you ready? Are you ready? On your marks, get set, here we go. All right. Now I'd like to you to understand the entire technique behind this. All right. Yeah. Talk us through a pie eating contest. How do you do well at this? Well, pie sensitive. This pie being an extra creamy pie is one in which you need to show versus a, a fruity 
aromatic pie with maybe a little nutmeg and cinnamon on it. Uh, it's just like creamy, sweet chocolate pie with cream on top. Were cream pies prevalent in wrestling back in your day? Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. A lot of times you had to make them yourself, but without a doubt, they were definitely prevalent. That's the best and part. The making them. And the technique was different in the territories in which you worked. But I don't think, see, I, I, I look at this and I think that, uh, that King Kong Bundy might have spit a little bit of that out. Let's bring it up here. I think. I think. Hey, Captain, what do you think? Give me another piece of pie, Gene. All right, stay tuned, Roddy, Roddy. Could you imagine? Let me ask you this question, How many pies do you think that, uh, Dave Silva could eat most of them. You know what? Watching that back. I see your criticism. I mean, you had the iron Sheik just a couple feet away from Hulk Hogan. And I got to admit the first time I watched it, it never even crossed my mind. Afford anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Well, that's because you're just not as sensitive of a guy as I am. No, I get it. I, I totally understand why this is the way it is. And of course they're setting up for a, uh, a special version of Piper's pit here. We've got the rug out in the middle Which of consists the, a plaid rug, a plaid rug and with a couple of benches. And we got the, uh, the hillbillies out there and the wooden steps in the corner. How about the wooden step? How about these announce positions for uh, Ventura and uh, ahead Vince? of their time, right in the middle of the crowd. Yeah. I guess that's the first wrestling wedding right there. Right. Rich Herring is, uh, doing the wedding right there. Okay. Yeah. Long time, New York state judge. It does kind of look like as if they had like a little piece of corn or something in there. They were both going for it. Just saying. So just the lovely woman never got to meet her joining, uh, Roddy Piper in the ring here, Bob Orton jr. And along as his guests are Elmer cousin, junior and hillbilly Jim. Let's track it here a little bit. Howdy there neighbor. Howdy. <laughs> How you doing there? Uncle Elmer. <laughs> How are you? Mrs. Elmer. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Elmer. Every day is Halloween to you folks. Huh? Are, you just, are you having a good time? You're sitting down here and you, you who just got married, tell me something. Tell me something that everybody in America has been dying to know, been dying to hear. What went on the wedding night? None of your business. You and your lovely wife, have you thought about family planning at all? That's none of your business, too. That's some riveting dialogue right there. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. I mean, in this era, everything's improv. We're not scripting. Um, what would protocol be? You know, because you've told us before that 
in your experience with NBC, they were very hands-on with the dialogue. I don't know that that's necessarily the case here. What can you speak to about that? Well, I'm sure that they had an outline as far as what they were looking to get out of this segment. And Hey, what if you said this? What if you said that? But it wasn't to the extent of, you know, every single line. It, it, actually, I'll back up. It was to the extent of every single line was written out. It just wasn't to the extent of a guy like Roddy Piper that is going to say every single word the way that somebody yeah. uh, sitting in an office, 30 rock thinks it should be said because they think that they know wrestling and uncle Elmer. Well, let's just say he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer. So, uh, Jesse Ventura stepping in the ring. Now let's track it. God, Cowboy Bob, he's he's ready. Well, you, but listen, we don't want to cause you guys any trouble because we know how intelligent you are. Oh, yeah. And you too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it never gets off. So, listen, this is all the fallout from uh, the wedding uh, the month before, which would have been the second ever Saturday Night's Main event. I think that's the first ever wrestling wedding on TV, right? Um, well, butcher Vashon's was before that on TNT. Okay. I just know somewhere along the way, and I was assuming it was from this, but maybe you're right. Maybe it was before this. The idea was this phrase has sort of hung around wrestling for a long time that wrestling weddings are, are, you know, ratings juggernauts. They do well in the ratings. It's almost like an unwritten rule, maybe like in WCW once upon a time, Hey, we need to pop a rating. Let's get sting and flair in there. Well, on the WWE side of things, you guys have always done well with, uh, with weddings, no? Uh, weddings draw no matter where you are. Oh, here's your favorite part. Let's track it. Yeah, baby. Up in this trough as we prepare for the great pumpkin dunk. It's going to be tween, between Cousin Junior, who's going to be joining us here momentarily, and Captain Bobby Heenan. You're going to have to take the hat off. I'm going to get rid of this weasel, uh, raccoon right now, and I'm getting ready. Okay. Just bring him on, pal. Weasel or, or whatever it is. Yes, anyway. Bobby liked the tail of the junkyard dog. There's a mummy of all things. I said, I'm easing in, baby. I'm coming to watch my main man, Junior, dip his face right in this thing and start eating pumpkins real fast, real fast. Speaking real of fast. Cousin Junior, he is surviving right now. Come on in, Cousin Junior. Gentlemen, let me explain the rules. Macho Man Randy Savage, you're going to be holding the bag for uh, uh, Bobby Heenan. And, of course, you, Tito Santana, to hold it. You've got 60 seconds on the clock. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, baby. Assume the position. Let's get down and dirty and dunk. Here we go. Cousin Junior and Bobby the Brain Heenan in the great pumpkin dunking contest. They've got one over here. Two. How many? That just looks good. It's all chocolate sauce, man. Get better encouraged. Better encouraged, cousin. That's good. I can see doing all that. 
How many do you have? Oh, we got four of them. Oh, all right, Bobby Heenan squared it up. We're all That's right. up. Fair We're square. Have the rubber match a little bit later on. But speaking of great ones, let's go. The more exciting action, that big dream team matchup. Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan are just now, moments away. Don't go away. Later years, yep. guys would be bitching about getting chocolate sauce all over their gear. Oh, really? <laughs> That would be the biggest ordeal of all. These and days, I, it would I, be the chocolate don't sauce. That, don't you think that uh, maybe I, I I I should be able to get a pumpkin on my own versus having any help to get the pumpkin? Doesn't that make more sense? Yeah. No, these are professionals. They had pump. They took pride in their pumpkin contest. What do you think about the structure of this? We're just backstage just now in the most recent segment. Bobby Heenan was covered in chocolate and now we're back from a commercial and he's out front doing a promo with Bundy and stud. What's that earlier today? Okay. Silk and hot read. Just a little earlier today. No, I'm with you. I'm just wondering, like, not crazy about it. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what you're asking me. Yes. Yeah. Not crazy about it. You think uh, Big John Stud has ever seen a razor? They probably weren't drinking their primes. They weren't as sharp as they could have been. Just saying. What would be a uh, a logical quote unquote kayfabe explanation of why wrestler foreheads look like hamburger meat? Well, they get busted open. They always get hit on the ring uh, post and everything, and it's sharp. Why, why only there though? Why not other parts of their body? Why always just the forehead? They have other, there are other parts of their body that are injured. Look at, look at Andre's arms. Look at, look at Lou Albano's arms, his face. Let's track Lou. He's got holes in his face or he's got rubber bands. That's enough of the nonsense, brother. This out here, this is the real thing, man. You know, my partner here, Andre, the giant, he's the eighth, the ninth and the 10th wonder of the world. There's no way, man. Bundy or Stud could have ever beaten this guy fairly. Hey, Ogan, that's enough talking. Let's get in there. Let's get some. All right, boss. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't mind telling you, the fun is over. It is on to serious business for the Dream Team. So, what do you think of the uh, the color combination on Hogan there? Historically, we saw Hogan in a lot of yellow and red. Before that, though, became a, a staple. We saw the American Made. You saw the Hulkamania red and yellow bandana on is wrestling in the white t-shirt, the American flag theme. What do you think of the all white version of Hulk Hogan? I like our white version. I tell you the, the, my favorite was the, uh, blue. Oh, that was cool. Look, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I like the blue look. Cause I thought it made him pop, but obviously the yellow really made him pop because he's so damn tan and tanning. Is what's important, Conrad. You don't see how tan I am from Mexico. Look at just. Look oh, yeah. Just, 
that. Pull it out. Pull it all the way out. Get naked here on YouTube. Something to wrestle. Chocolate belly belly and everything. Yeah. So boy, Silva missed a golden opportunity right there to get you on a wide shot. Uh, so listen, we're, we got the WrestleMania trying to say that I would have to, I would need a wide shot. No, I just wanted people to be able to see more of the tan skin. Oh, well, sort of that's personal, man. Uh, King Kong Bundy was wrestling uh, ST Jones back at WrestleMania. Big John stud was getting body slammed by Andre, the giant and, uh, Bobby Heenan was stealing 15 grand from him. And of course we know Hogan and Mr. T were taking on Piper and Orton. So fast forward here to think about what are we going to do for WrestleMania two? It's going to wind up being Hogan in the main event against King Kong Bundy. So I guess it makes sense here. You see. You know, one of Andre's biggest rivals from the prior WrestleMania, Big John Studd, and now you've got Hogan's next opponent at WrestleMania here, King Kong Bundy. This is a nice way in tag action to give you a preview several months ahead of time of what's in store, right? Yeah, it is, man. It's funny. The the old timers in the business, if you will, the, the promoters and, and I will mention names and Vern Gagne, Paul Bosch, uh, even, even Bill Watts, Jim Crockett, um, looked at, at the angle that they did here with, with Bundy squishing Hogan. They didn't do it here, but they did it in February or whatever it was of Bundy squishing Hogan in the corner for the yeah. setup for WrestleMania. And, the doctor interviews and, and shit and be like, it's not even a real doctor. God, God these guys are, they're presenting something that there's just a, the, the guys in the business that built the business on being a work and built the business on being entertainment and entertaining folks were the ones that were criticizing the entertainment. And maybe it's just because the entertainment was being much better done than theirs. I mean, when you think about it, um, you go back and, and I always laugh at how my brother Tom became a doctor was because they had a guy that portrayed a doctor uh, on air in Alabama uh, to be in someone's corner. And then, then after that doctor appeared on television, some federal authorities came looking for that person uh, because they were might have been wanted by federal authorities. So that person disappeared. They needed someone to play the doctor, hence Dr. Tom Pritchard. So it's it's just it was it would always astound me that the old the, the old timers man would go, oh my God, could you could you believe that horrible uh that horrible atomic drop that Hogan missed on Big John Stud that night. But then they would have Jackie Fargo miss somebody, you know, three feet with a with a punch. And I'm not taking anything away from Jackie Fargo, because Jackie Fargo, kind of like Junkyard Dog, had that unspoken charisma that could captivate an audience, man, and own that audience. Didn't do a whole lot, but the son of a bitch had charisma and drew. And knew how to draw, knew how to talk to his audience. Somebody had their own shit. They just were pissed off that they weren't first to the national stage <laughs> to expose their product to a much larger audience and to be able to have 
the the guts to go, all right, man, let's let's go with some more outlandish shit. You know, people fighting, kicking, and clawing the whole way, saying it's wrong and this is bad. Don't do this. But they did it. And and that's why I always, you know, when you ask, it's like, okay, hey, here was your here was your main events there at uh WrestleMania. Here's what we did at Mania, here's what we're doing right now. Well, you know what? Here's why. And every one of them would still be begging to be able to book Andre the Giant just one or two nights a year um, in their markets. So it's it's it was always out of both sides of the mouth, on both sides. You know what I mean? You know, we were talking out of both sides of our mouths uh, from the opposite side. WWE, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth on their side. So it, was, it wasn't right, wrong. It was just, hey, man, we're all doing the same thing. It's just how we want to view it. And what lens do you choose to view it through? What do you think of the uh, Hogan-Andre tag team and, and, and going by the name the Dream Team here? Well, they were by God. I think it was, you know, when you look at it in so many ways, that was your two biggest stars. You could have Andre on one show. You could have Hogan on the other show. Man, guaranteed. As Ivan Putsky used to say, sell out. Easy to do. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if at this point, you know, that Vince wasn't looking at, wow, man, down the line. I'm sure he was probably thinking five years down the line, not two years down the line, that, uh, you know, Hulk Andre is going to be a huge money match. Right. Um, then the the back issues and everything came up, and it, it accelerated that a few years. But how could you not look at it and say, when the time's right, that's the match? Because there, no, no, there was no bigger match in the book. Right. Then that match. Yeah. See, my God, Andre the Giant. You look, you, you know, people tend to only remember and good Lord, how long was it? 37 years ago? With Hulk and Andre, I mean, with Hulk and Andre and WrestleMania yeah. three, yeah, um, that that people even here in 1985, that they didn't realize, man, how that big bastard could move and how he could work and what he could do for a big man. Let's track the promo here. I want to get some more. Come back here. I'm not finished with you guys. We're not finished yet! Hulk they said it was the dream team, and indeed you proved that! Hey, we proved one point! They can't beat Andre the Giant fairly! It takes two of them! They will never beat Andre the Giant! And they are not gonna beat you either! Now ladies and gentlemen, there you have it from Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan. Andre said he has not had they come from the against I challenge you everywhere, any town in the world. Thank you very much, gentlemen. That's right. You can't beat Andre the Giant one-on-one, and you can't beat Joe Hulk Hogan either. 
Here's uh, the Macho Man on the other side of a commercial. The kind of a man that would ask a question like that is either a blind man or a stupid man. What kind of a man are you, Gene Oakland? You know, Elizabeth, I understand now why the Macho Man picked you, but why did you pick wrestling? Well, Gene, I've always had an interest in sports, but I really just wanted to help Randy in any way that he needed. Well, that's very good. You know, Randy Savage, it's very unusual for a man like yourself or anybody, for that matter, to get a title shot quite so quickly. Are you ready? I'm ready, able, and willing. And don't you ever ask me a question like that again. All right, I thank you. Good luck, Elizabeth. To you and the Macho Man. So we can uh, pull the audio down here. You know, we're we're only a few months into the Randy Savage era of the WWF. Was this have been your first time seeing him? I mean, I know you probably read about him back in the day in the magazines and stuff, but when did you first see Randy Savage? Would it have been on a show like this? No, actually I saw Randy in his ICW days. Okay. out looking for work and sending out tapes and sending out pictures and things of that nature. So I'd heard, you know, everybody had heard of this ICW that was running opposition in Tennessee and Kentucky. So there were rumblings already. So I had seen uh, the macho man, Randy Savage prior to this, and it was obviously saw a whole lot more of him here, but it was one of those deals where, Man, I you know I didn't get it. I just didn't get it at first. And then once you saw him in this arena, it was like, holy shit! Why hasn't this guy been on top everywhere? Yes, because he was so intense. He was so good. He could he could cut a promo, man. He could work. He could go. His shit was believable. It was different. It was, it was different and. Uh, but he was in he was in the small pond uh-huh. in ICW with his dad's territory, trying yeah. to do that and be made the champion, working against guys like uh, George Weingroff, and it just wasn't it wasn't big time. And when Randy finally got that opportunity on the big stage, he showed everybody why all of you were wrong, and, and Randy. I dare say, you know, was a victim of a guy that promoters wouldn't book because, you know, Jerry Jarrett would be, nah, he's coming in here opposite against me, uh-huh. And would let everybody know, hey, don't don't book Poffo. Don't book Bob Wart Jr. Don't book Ronnie Garvin. Don't book Bob Roop and people like that. So Randy, I don't think ever got that big opportunity to go outside of Kentucky and and Tennessee where he and his father had their promotion. And when he did, by God, this is what I, you know, point to when you look at a guy, here's your opportunity, kid. What are you going to do with it? Mm -hmm. Well, Randy says, I'm going to take it and shove it up your ass and you're not going to be able to deny me. And I think that he did in every in everything he did. I thought Randy was was fabulous, but I didn't think he was as good as as he was until I saw him here. But I did see him beforehand. I saw, you know, when he started working with Lawler, 
in Tennessee and they did the invasion angle. And I thought, fuck, man, this guy's good. This guy's like really good. Um, it made you sad <laughs> a little bit because you, you're thinking, God, why couldn't we have gotten this guy here right. before now? And then when he got on the, the stage for WWE, everybody got to see it. Everybody got to look at it and go, mm, yeah, he's pretty fucking good. Yeah. Wait till the bell rings goes ding, ding, a ling. Uh-huh. First name, my two, last name, man. Check out the trunks, bitch. I, uh, I love seeing this era, Randy Savage. And here he is taking on the intercontinental champion, Tito Santana. I think most people just think about macho man with that title in this era, but he's still a few months away from winning it. Uh, but it's the new classic design, the new Reggie parks design that would become the iconic look of the intercontinental title. And man, Tito sort of the perennial baby face. He had been around with the company for a long time. Obviously that title had a great reputation for putting on some of the best matches. Um, he became almost like the gatekeeper for a while there, at least in my mind, like if you got through Tito, you were going to the main events. He was, uh, he was the guy who would be there to sort of help you get to that next level, at least in the minds of the fans like myself, I think. Absolutely. Cause he was just so steady. Yes. Tito Santana was steady, was reliable and you believed him. Uh, Tito, same thing, uh, from, you know, before this period, Tito had been in and worked for Vince's father, uh, as tag team with Ivan Putsky two Texas guys. And then Tito had gone on to the AWA. We were looking to do something with Tito to actually become AWA world heavyweight champion at one point. And Tito got the offer to go back and worked for Vince and jumped at it. I think he saw the opportunity with Vince. That that was going to be a much bigger opportunity, uh, a lot more money. And he had already been there. So he knew, he he knew the opportunity that was there, but I think Tito Santana, same thing from the first time that I ever saw Tito, which was in Houston in like 1981, 80 or 81 for Paul's 50th anniversary. Uh, he was, he just had that natural. He had, he had the every man charisma Tito did. Everybody could relate to him and he was believable and awesome. Let's track Mr. Fuji here. This is crazy. And the dragon, Ricky Steamboat. We'll be right back. So they'll take a time out. We will hold that last one right there. We'll take a time out right now because, uh, well, let's just be honest. We've all at one time or another had a bad habit. And here's the reality. Cold Turkey could be great on sandwiches, but there is a better way to break your bad habits. And we're not talking about some weird mind voodoo from the macho man. We're actually talking about our sponsor fume. You see, they look at the problem in a different way. You know, not everything in a bad habit is wrong. So instead of a drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from your habit? Well, fume is an innovative award nominated device that does just that. You see, instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. 
Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses all natural, delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit that you're free to enjoy, and it makes replacing your bad habit easy. Your fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with movable parts and magnets, all for your fidgeting, giving your fingers a lot to do, which is helpful for de-stressing and anxiety while breaking your habit. My wife tried this and was blown away. She said it was much more flavorful than she thought. It felt very fresh. She was rocking the flavor known as crisp mint. They've got maple pepper and white cranberry and orange vanilla and something for everybody. Even stuff like sparkling grapefruit and raspberry lemon. Not only that, you'll notice that the feel of the fume is fantastic. It's made out of real wood. It's a beautiful shape. You'll feel cool using it, but it's also well-weighted and perfectly balanced and extremely fun to fidget with. Here's the reality. Stopping is something we all put off because it's hard, but switching the fume is easy, enjoyable, and Hey, it's even fun. And fume has served over a hundred thousand customers and they have thousands of success stories. And there's no reason that can't be you. So join fume in accelerating humanity's breakup from destructive habits by picking up the journey pack today, head to tryfume.com and use the code wrestle to save 10% off. When you get the journey pack today, that's tryfum.com and use the code wrestle to save an additional 10% off your order today. So Bruce, let's get back to it. We've got uh, Saturday night's main event and we've got a big Kung Fu challenge coming up on the other side. Here we go. Three, two, one play. Fans with the final practicing going on for the pumpkin pass, the final event of our Halloween competition. Let's take the very special glimpse at the inimitable Roddy Piper and see how he spent Halloween in his rented American home. His rented American home. Yeah, he's not gonna live here. Hello, ladies, baby. Hello, Fester, my baby. Sylvester's still no much too handsome, you gorgeous thing. You hold striker! It is Halloweeny! It is such fun preparing for the little monster. You take a stick and you put it inside and you gotta twist it around, make it real tight. Wouldn't want them to be burdened, you know, them little wonderful children that ring on your door. Put that dirt, take the brick. Oh no, what's that chocolate bar? Pardon me, chocolate bar. Oh, Wait, wait, wait. My so Vince McMahon is there. The American, the rented American home of Roddy, Roddy Piper. Would you mind? The rented. The radio, yeah. Oh, is it bothering you? Anything with someone with a tie like that? Are you kidding me? Uh, unlike back in uh, Piper Manor, back in Scotland, this place has obviously uh, indoor plumbing, which we're told you have no use for uh, while in training. I can run there, run back. It's faster than Flushy. Are you kidding me? I got bricks to make, man. This is Halloween time. Tell Kids me they're gonna be coming. Tell me something, Miss Piper. How, how do you celebrate Halloween back in your in your in your native Scotland? Native, man. I ain't no. Get a giraffe. Ha! I ain't no native. I come from the most sophisticated. <laughs> These are bricks. No, 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 that's, that's, that's... This is a bowling ball. No, 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 that's a candy apple. You know when all them wonderful children come to the door and ring the doorbell, ding, ding, and then a whole other group comes and 
ding, ding, rings it again, and a whole other group comes in. Ding, ding, rings it again, and ding, ding, rings it again. I just I love those heavy, little children. How heavy these bowling balls are and these bricks. In, these tricks wait, wait, are... In, Sco in Scotland, it's trick or treat. <laughs> trick or treat. In Scotland, it's trick or treat. I can do whatever I want to. I can wrap my little chocolate boys like I want to. I put them there like that for the next little child that's coming along. I can wrap my candy apples. I can do whatever I want to because it's trick or treat. If yeah, they bother me once, they don't bother me twice. That's a holiday spirit, all right. Shh, remember last year? A little kid dressed yes. up like Hulk Hogan. Oh, wow. To know her, Wendy. You can stand right beside that handsome gentleman right there. Hi, all there, trick or treaters. You know, ha ha! Halloween, come in, get in, get in here, get in. Halloween. Hey, it looks so, like it's light outside. And there's kids inside the house. This is oh not the plan. Goodness, who are you supposed to be? Hulk Hogan, Mr. Piper. Who's he? Last time I saw him, he was catching dogs for, for the service for the city. You get candy! You got candy in there? You got the same size arms as Hogan. Look at that. You, oh, that's some of my, that's some of my favorite. Uh, my goodness, do you, you see, I, I've got a whole bunch of nice candy for you. What are those, Mr. Piper? That's the Shockmaster. Those are, those are candy apples. Those are, those are giant candy apples. That's what those are. Why are they so big? Big apples because... I'm such a wonderful person, and... What are those, Mr. Piper? Those are chocolate. I got those from Hershey, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Would you like some of them? How about you that? Here, just hold your bags way out there, and let me help you there. Here we go. One for you, and one... Whoa, my goodness gracious. Well, let me get it in there, darling. It's a little tight. Oh. oh, no, wait a second. Wait a second. That's one of my favorites there. Wait a second. I'll help you. And you know what I got for you? I got this for you. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. I got, I got a bag of candy for you. Tell you what I... I don't like them anyway. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll fill them up. Just one full. There's one for you. You don't need that old silly bag. It's broken. And I... Really Bruce, what the hell are we doing? It's Halloween. We got it this time. It, off. it took a year's worth of fun. It's gonna work. I hope Mr. Piper likes his chocolate-covered red pepper. Trick or treat, Roddy! My goodness, you're yep. All right, let's pause right now. Let's do a timeout. Let's just pause. Bruce, I know you love Roddy Piper. I know you love Vince McMahon. I know you love these sort of Saturday night main event skits. That was Man, awesome. That was bad. That was awesome. You loved it. I loved it. What did you like about that? Because it was so over the top and it was something that everybody was wanted to do with those 
screaming nasty little rats that come and they beg oh. for candy every year at your house and it's like you're trying to do something all you want to do all you want to do is catch up on survivor or catch up on something man and then they come and they ding dong and they go open the door and they go, why, why don't they just say give me candy well, trick or treat okay you say trick or treat you got a choice trick or treat see it made sense to me what are you going to do to the kids who ring your doorbell on Tuesday? I am going to sick bean on them. You're going to sick the dog on them. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to ask you before we move on, because we're doing a lot of tracking on this and I'm glad we are because it just gets you in the vibe of the old school feel. We see Hulk Hogan dressed up like Hercules here, Roman gladiator. Hercules, Hercules. We saw. Randy Savage and Tito here for the intercontinental title. And we know that they're actually going to switch that title at a house show in a few months, when do you think there was a shift from, Hey, we're going to, if you want to see something like a title change, you got to come out and buy a ticket versus we want the masses to see it, whether it's on TV or it's on pay-per-view or when do you remember that sort of line of thinking changing or evolving? I don't know that line of thinking ever changed. Uh, even, even in the territory days. If you were switching a title, you had your cameras there so you could show it and put it on TV. It just wasn't a part of a television, you know, television. The whole landscape has changed and how the TV shows are presented and things like that. But we always change titles. I guess what I'm going for is like Randy Savage wins the intercontinental title at the Boston gardens from Tito. Mm -hmm. Why not do it here on NBC? Or why, not, or why not do it in Louisville, Kentucky? I, I think it's it's again an example of hey, this can happen at any time, any place. Come on out. Your business model at the time was live events. You wanted things to take place at live events so that when you bought a ticket, you thought, hey, I'm going to see this title change happen. And you know it can happen because you've seen it on TV and that it doesn't just happen at TV tapings. Let's it's talk just, it's just a different way. I mean, it's, it's, there's no, it's why didn't it happen in Hoboken? Why didn't it happen in McAllen, Texas? Why well, didn't it happen in Fresno or Saskatoon? I hear you just asking questions. I also wanted to ask about, you know, hypothetically a what if before we get back to our playback. We know that Tito and, and Randy Savage are capable of having great matches. I mean, they're both intercontinental champions here. We know that Tito won the title back in July at a house show in Baltimore. And we know that he's going to drop it to the macho man in February. So here we are in, you know, we'll call it early November and just a handful of months from now, that's going to happen. And then almost immediately, like a month and change later, we'll be WrestleMania too. Now we know the story would wind up being about the macho man and George, the animal steel with miss Elizabeth in the middle there for WrestleMania two. But we also know how legendary the macho man's match was at WrestleMania three for the intercontinental title with Ricky steamboat. How do you think? History would have been different for either the macho man or specifically maybe Tito Santana had Tito and Savage had an opportunity to wrestle at WrestleMania two and switch the title there. 
Like if there was these two sort of epic matches in back-to-back years with Randy Savage, first with Tito winning the intercontinental title, and then a year later losing it to steamboat, would that have changed the trajectory? Do you think of Tito's career or would everything have pretty much worked out the same? I don't know about Tito's career. Probably would have changed the trajectory of Savage's career. The more interesting story was Liz and, and the animal and the attraction of, you know, what was perceived as, you know, the animal George Steele and the attraction to the beautiful Miss Elizabeth. You, you didn't have that. And, and I don't think that you could have had the dynamic utilizing Liz with Randy. You did have that dynamic with uh, George Steele and Liz was really starting to get over. As I understand it, one of those kids that we just saw in that skit with uh, Roddy Piper and Vince McMahon was a young Stephanie McMahon. Had you heard that before? Yeah. I think that was Vince's house in West Hartford. That's what I wanted to ask. Was that Vince's house? Yeah, I think, I think that was uh, the house in, in Hartford. Yeah. Well, I, 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 to say 100%, I don't know, but I think it was. Well, let's, uh, let's get back to our, uh, our interview here. We've got Hulk Hogan standing with Vince McMahon. We've got the Saturday night main event banner behind them. Hogan is uh, decked out in some Roman Halloween garb. Here we go. In three, brother, two, one play. I can't believe that those little kids were so smart that they outsmarted that no good Roddy Roddy Piper. And that just gives me faith in all those Hulkamaniacs all over the world. All right. Well, standing by the special Kung Fu Challenge matchup, it's going to be most unique. Let's take you now to Mean Gene Oakland. Mr. Fuji, I'm not familiar with this sort of pre-match preparation. Perhaps you could explain. Mean Gene is very simple. Imagine this time of... That nobody's steamboat son. Very, very impressive, Mr. Fuji. Another brick? And this is the Lake of Ricky Sun. This is Lake. Ah, I would love here. Lake for you, Kononi. Intensity is incredible. Very, very impressive. And Fuji. this is ribs. Rip Ricky. You have got to be kidding me. I think I'm going to end this report before we run out of bricks and wood. But stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be right back with the Kung Fu Challenge match. You know what? We should take a timeout right there, too. We'll press pause. This will be our last break. How hard do you think those boards were? Very hard. Like Bluetooth level hard, do you think? Well, you know, whatever it takes. Well, that's what blue shoe believes. Whatever it takes, we're going to get you so damn hard. That's right. We're passing out free hard ons today here at something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Thanks to our friends at blue shoe. You see blue shoe is a unique online service that delivers you the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis and Levitra, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost, take them anytime day or night. So you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. And the process is simple. You'll sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And here's the best part. It's all done online. No visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversation, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped directly to your door, all in a discreet package. Think of this like a hot tag for your wiener. 
Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code WRESTLE at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code WRESTLE will receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we want to thank Blue Chew for sponsoring today's podcast. And man, are we going to have some fun here in three, two, one play back at ringside with Mr. Fuji who's been joined by the magnificent Morocco. Now, normally it's Mr. Fuji who manages Morocco, but tonight Morocco returns the favor. And as you see, they're discussing the ground rules of the match with the referee. Meanwhile, mean Gene Oakland is with Ricky, the dragon steamboat. Okay, Ricky Steamboat, tonight perhaps one of the most important matches in your career. We know what Mr. Fuji and what Don Morocco have been capable of doing in the past. As a matter of fact, let's go back in time and refresh some memories. Look at oh. this. He's got the, the, the strap right around. So we can, uh, we can kill the audio here, but I do want to talk to you about Ricky Steamboat. What do you think his ceiling was with the uh, WWE? I mean, could you have seen him as the top guy? No. Okay. I don't think that Ricky had the verbal skills to be the top guy. I think he was a little too, um, love Ricky's work. Oh my God. Ricky's work was fabulous, but, um, I just don't know that to, to the masses that he could, you know, really captivate. He had a charisma to him. He was definitely, he was awesome. Uh, unbelievable athlete, unbelievable talent, but I'm not sure that people believed what he was saying. Cause I'm not sure that Ricky believed what he was saying. Ricky just knew that he could go out there and do whatever the hell he wanted to do because he was that good. But I don't think he, the, but I, I think the verbal skills are what would have prevented Ricky from ever being the, the top guy. We should mention that, uh, Fuji did not have a ton of, uh, singles matches after this in the WWE. Uh, I know that he had a match on superstars of wrestling, uh, in 86 against, uh, Roddy Piper, but by and large, most of the time when you're going to see him in the ring, it's going to be at a house show or, you know, some sort of a handicap match. I know that once upon a time, the LOD would team with the Orient express and Mr. Fuji in like 91, but for the most part. This has got to be like the high watermark of Mr. Fuji in the ring. I mean, here you are on NBC. This isn't, you know, something on a, a regional network show or it's not primetime wrestling respectfully. This is a big deal. Probably the, the, the biggest match of Mr. Fuji's career as far as exposure with the audience or whatever. Yeah, I'm not sure that Fuji ever even really looked at it like that. Yeah. I think that, you know, Fuji looked at at, you know, what he did, his body of work and his body of work, teaming with Toro Tanaka and Saito and just different guys that um, were able to, to help enhance him. But it was always Fuji who was usually, who was the worker. Fuji was the bump, bump taker. Fuji was the guy that flew all around and uh, tremendous, tremendous worker. <laughs> Love the fact that he gets kicked in the back of the head. And falls back. Knock it forward and takes the flat back. Because by God, that's what—that's how you're trained as a martial artist. I just want everyone to understand why he did that. Because as a martial artist, 
What's the you name? Have, you know, these are things I know. Sterling Pingree wants to know who could Bruce beat in a pie eating contest. Oh, depends on the kind of pie. If Bruce had to pick one person from WWE to win a pie, a pie eating contest, who would he be putting his money on? So from the current locker room, the current era, who do you think could crush? Oh Bruce? God. Otis would kill anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bruce wants to know, did you ever, you're Bruce. Did you ever attend Wait, any, Bruce. I know that's what makes it confusing. Did you ever attend any nine televised WWE costume parties over the years? What are some of the most memorable costumes? <laughs> the, um, so it was a toga party. Okay. And it was at, uh, one young lady's house at, uh, at the office. And, and I was dating a young lady from the office at the time and it was a toga party and Roddy Piper was in town. And he's like, hey, man, what are you, what are you doing tonight? You want to go get some dinner? You want to go out and have drinks? And it's like, oh, hey, man, they're having a toga party at so-and-so's house. I said, oh, man, I don't want to be around you know, office people. I said, come on, man, it'll be fun and all this stuff. So, but you do have to wear a toga. <laughs> yeah, I'm not wearing a toga. I said, Roddy, you got to wear a toga. I said, trust me, man, it'll be good for you to be around these folks and all this shit. He was staying in Sheraton. So, I had some errands I had to run on the way to the toga party. I had my toga, but he he was like, "If you're ribbing me, man, uh, you know, don't rib me, uh, right? Ribbing you, man." So I go and I get my bottles of wine and the shit that I need to get, and I'm dressed in uh, sweats and t-shirt and blah blah blah, and I go in and uh, kind of spit in Roddy's face, just like Don Morocco just did to Ricky Steamboat. But uh, Roddy comes down the elevator in a toga. He just took the sheets off of the bed in the hotel, wrapped them around himself, wore nothing else, and wore a toga. So he sees me, and he goes, oh, you a motherfucker. You're fucking this. No, man, I had to stop. I had to do this shit. I got my toga in the car. And he gets out there, and the girl that I'm with, her version of a toga was a gold dress. Oh, so now he's doubly sure I'm fucking with it. Yes. And he wants to go back upstairs and change. And I wouldn't let him. And I got there. I changed into my toga and it actually was a toga party. And it was very good. Roddy was the life of the party, but, um, yeah, he thought I was fucking with it for quite some time. And still to this day, I think he thinks somehow I fucked him on that deal. Let's take a listen to Mean Gene here with the pumpkins. To develop the intricacies of the pumpkin pass. And Elizabeth, I think we might just show the folks how it's how it's done. <laughs> Something like that. We'll be back with the finals of the pumpkin pass. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to more Saturday night's main you ever event. Done a pumpkin pass? Right now we're just about ready no. for the final event. The special pumpkin pass Halloween competition. Now earlier on, Jesse. You will recall that Lou Albano's team won the pie-eating competition. Well, that didn't surprise me a bit because Lou Albano is a big, fat, sloppy pig. I would expect him to win that, McMahon. Yes, but then from there, we saw, of course, the bobbing for pumpkins, which was won by Bobby the Brain Heenan's team. Yeah, everybody's clean. Yeah, so we'll pull it down here a little bit and do a few more questions. 
Michael wants to know if Bruce participated in a Kung Fu challenge, how long would it take for a three-time hall of fame, black belt champion to win? I don't know. Cause I'm a four-time, uh, black belt, black belt, hall of famer. And I don't do Kung Fu. Okay. Kung Fu is different than karate. It's not just all one, one big goddamn jujitsu thing. A lot of different martial arts. That's why there's an S at the end of the word art. It's arts. Uh, Matt wants to know, I know you weren't there, but if you had to guess, where do you think Vince got all these Halloween costumes? Ah, simple. NBC prop store. Uh, Sterling wants to know who would Bruce pick to be on his pumpkin passing team? Well, it sure as hell wouldn't be Lou Albano. That was terrible, was wasn't it? Working on that. That's absolutely terrible. It'd probably have to be like uh, El Gigante because he's got the big, he's got the big skinny neck. Uh, Roberson wants to know what is Bruce's favorite Halloween candy? Hmm, it's a pretty easy one, Baby Ruth. William Anthony wants to know: Does Bruce think that things like these contests, quote unquote, killed kayfabe? I mean, they're supposed to have separate dressing rooms and travel separately, but they coexist in pieting contests. Sort of the same they're, thing you were saying. They're competing. Right? They're competing here, folks. I don't know how that's a person doesn't even know what kayfabe is. This is com- competition here. Fun question here from Josh. I assume it was for pre-tape purposes, but was there a consideration of continuing to do the pre-match promos? At the entrance way, like they did in the first few episodes of Saturday night's main event, it gave the show a more live feel for a taped show. Um, you know, I think that it, it, it uh, it was something that, that evolved. It definitely evolved through the years. Um, it takes away the pop takes away the excitement of seeing somebody come out for their entrance when there's no presentation. That's just something that we learned is, uh, as time went on. And I can't believe Elizabeth after practicing with Jean mean is the one that dropped the pumpkin. It's all her fault. Savage is all over her too. Oh, well, Brad Stanton wants to know total match time on the card is under 21 minutes. I look forward to these more than anything as a kid, but looking at the match time now, what were these meant to accomplish? I mean, do you think this is just about getting the characters over more than anything else? It's telling stories, entertain. It's an entertainment show. That's, that's what it's about. If you're entertained with the backstage sketches and the promos, then you're going to be entertained. If you're entertained with the action, you've got action on it. It's a variety show. If you want to watch just, just wrestling matches for no, for no reason and wrestling then watch superstars. Plenty of, you know, plenty of that to go around. What are the odds you think of you actually putting your head in a vat of chocolate bobbing for pumpkins? You think you're going to do that this weekend? I'm, I'm working on it. I am definitely considering it. Yes. I've yeah. Yes. Well, we're closing here with some highlights here and you'll see the executive producers, Dick Eversall and Vince McMahon. Uh, there's Kerwin's, uh, Sylphie's George Scott. Seeing some different names on here. I'm sure ring a bell to you as well. I never heard of any of them. Oh. Amy Bauer. I knew Amy. She was Dick's assistant. 
Ferd Manning. Ferd Manning, uh, I think, lit I Love Lucy. Uh, <laughs> things like that, yeah. And the Hershey Park Arena, by God. So many memories from Hershey with WWE. Um, Bruce, I know that, you know, the, the Halloween spirit is upon us and I don't know that everybody saw this, but on social media over the weekend, some photos came out, I guess, allegedly you were there, boy, some of the folks in WWE had a little fun with our old pal, doot, doot, doot. He is in full gimmick year round. And there you see a bunch of the ladies decided to pay homage to do do, do himself. what do you think of this with all the ladies dressing up like Michael PSAs, Michael BS um, Haynes, as you call it. What's that? You call him Michael BS Haynes. Don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Michael BS Haynes. Uh, I, I couldn't, I, I literally, it was hard to find Michael in it. I just was like, who's the fat, ugly chick in the middle. Um, then, oh, that's him. But, absolutely beautiful and they had to come and run and show it to me <laughs> as soon as they shot it it was great it was absolutely great it was great and we hope you guys have a great halloween we'll be back next week talking about the heart foundation we've broken down bret hart's singles run in pretty great detail we're going to be talking about him and the big nasty rhino as a tag team uh and and how it all happened from bruce's perspective once he joined the wwf We'll be talking about folks like Danny Davis and Jimmy Hart working with the Bulldogs, Strike Force, the first attempt at maybe breaking the team up, the baby face turn, the Rougeaus, the Brainbusters, the now infamous Rockers feud, finally breaking up, and Jim's continued run in the New Heart Foundation with Owen and his various roles after the fact, and so much more. The Heart Foundation will be our topic next week. In the meantime, if you'd like to advertise your product to men that are 25 to 54 years old, Advertise with Bruce.com can hook you up. If you've got questions about the Heart Foundation, ask it on Twitter. It's at Pritchard Show for Twitter and Instagram. Something to wrestle over on Facebook. The easiest, cheapest, best way to support the show is to support us on YouTube. That's something to wrestle.com. And we've got lots of fun swag available for you now over at something to wrestle shirts.com. That's something to wrestle shirts.com. Bruce, I appreciate the time. I know we're recording at a weird time, but You've been a little busy lately and very uh, early in the morning. <laughs> yes. And you know what? And I want to apologize for not, uh, uh, recording yesterday. Now I spoke to Dave Silva. I heard about that. And, and I spoke to him. I said, call me when you're ready. He says, I said, text me when you're ready. He told me that and, you said text as well. And, and maybe I did. However, if I don't answer the first two text messages, maybe call. Maybe push the the button on the phone there and call so to ring, because apparently I sat in in that chair for two hours and my wife left and came back and was like, "I thought you were going to do a podcast." And she apparently texted me too, and I didn't answer her either because I fell asleep. So, well, I think um, we should punish Dave. So, so what I'm trying to say is, let's punish him. It's not my fault. I know it's not your fault, but I also know that he asked us before we came on here today, not to bring him on camera. He said he didn't want to do another wrestler theme song, which, you know, means, well, he has to. So yeah. Bruce, with the spirit of Halloween in mind, 
We've seen him do Cody Rhodes. We've seen him do John Cena. Do you have a, a request for a, a way for Dave Silva to close out the show for us here today? Uh, have him, have him do real American Hulk Hogan. Okay. Hulk Hogan, real American. I like yeah. that. That works for 1985 as I, well. I was thinking of the body because Dave must pose. Well, I think what we want to do here is we want to go and see uh, how big we can make Dave Silva on the stream yard. Oh, hey, you can tell he's thrilled and we'll have him. Uh, think he can rip that shirt. No. <laughs> I'm not ripping a shirt. What? What is are you going to, are you going to commit or not? Huh? Are you going to commit or not? You let's if let's all go shirtless and I'll and I'll commit. I'll rip my shirt off. I don't care. You're ruining it. Quiet down. Pipe down on the set. Fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American. Fight for what's right. For your life, if you hurt my freedom and you spare my rights. It's gonna be okay to stand up and fight. I'm a real American. Fight for the right of every man. I am the real American. Fight for the right. Fight for your right. Well, wow, that's actually pretty good. Thank you. I'm gonna give you some some love on that. I don't know what I expected, but uh, I think he nailed the lyrics and everything, Bruce. What do you think, Bruce? Bruce? You didn't like it? You want to, you want to take a stab at it? No, because he did. He, first of all, he's saying in Spanish. <laughs> he didn't rip his shirt. That's not the same. I got that line right. No, you did not. I got that line so right. No. <laughs> Oh, you can't fight for it. Yeah. Silva must pose. I mean, let's play us out here, Silva. Here we go. Oh, come on. Get the shirt. Come on. Dude. You got to get the shirt. I ripped the shirt. What are we doing? Okay. Okay. We'll see you next week. Right here. He had shade, no glasses, and he could be Abdullah Dave. Wow. That's hurtful. Happy Halloween, everybody. We'll see you next week, right Happy here. Happy Halloween. On something to wrestle. Dave. Bruce Pritchard. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson here to tell you a little more about what adfreeshows.com is all about. Get early ad-free access to more than a dozen of your favorite wrestling podcasts every single week, starting at just nine bucks. 
That's less than 20 cents an episode each month. And yes, you can listen to them all directly through Apple Podcasts or your regular podcast apps. How easy is that? Ad-Free Shows also has thousands of hours worth of bonus content and docu-series like Title Chase, Eric Fires Back, Conversations with Conrad, and The Insiders. Plus new series like The Book with David Crockett, Monday Mailbags with Mike Kyoto and Nick Patrick, and a whole lot more. And you want to talk about early, you can't get any earlier than listening to the shows live. You can be a part of the live studio audience as we record the podcast. Plus ride shotgun alongside your favorite childhood heroes for live watch alongs, Q and A's and other interactive experiences every single month. Come on now, see for yourself what thousands of other wrestling fans from around the world have discovered that adfreeshows.com is the best value in wrestling. Check it out today. And Hey, when you do the first week is completely free adfreeshows.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.